Good morning from the Financial Times. Today is Wednesday, July 12th, and this is your FT News Briefing. The UK wants to give the public sector a raise, but it's got to find the money first. And JP Morgan wants Silicon Valley Bank's former clients. Plus, Microsoft's $75 billion deal to pick up Activision just got a big boost. I'm Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. NVIDIA may get another shot to get a piece of the SoftBank-owned chip designer Arm. The world's most valuable semiconductor company was forced last year to abandon its billion-dollar acquisition of Arm after regulators challenged the deal. Now, sources tell the FT Arm is in talks to bring in NVIDIA as an anchor investor for its IPO. Arm is planning a New York listing as soon as September. Prospective investors are still negotiating with Arm over its valuation. One source said NVIDIA wanted to come in at a share price that would put Arm's total value at between $35 billion and $40 billion, while Arm wants about double that. Microsoft is a few steps closer to buying the video game giant Activision Blizzard. A federal judge in the U.S. came out with a ruling yesterday saying that the Federal Trade Commission can't stop the deal. The U.K.'s Competition and Markets Authority also said yesterday it was open to discussing the $75 billion merger, even though the watchdog had blocked it back in April. Activision investors were happy about this. Shares closed up 10% on Tuesday. Here to discuss is the FT's U.S. legal and enforcement correspondent, Stefania Palma. Hi, Stefania. Hi, Mark. All right, so why did the judge say the FTC can't block this deal? So the judge argued that the FTC had failed to show that Activision's blockbuster game, Call of Duty, would be pulled by PlayStation, which obviously is linked to Sony, a competitor. Uh, But in addition to that, uh, the judge also said the FTC had failed to show how the deal would harm competition, both in terms of uh, video gaming subscriptions, but also for the cloud gaming industry. Now, what does this mean for the FTC's big antitrust mission? I I mean, it's got to do some damage, right? So this is definitely a defeat for them, especially under the leadership of Lena Khan, uh, the FTC chair who has taken a far more aggressive stance against antitrust violation uh, in the U.S. But I think it's also worth noting this whole case is far from over. The FTC has until Friday to appeal the decision that was handed down yesterday. Uh, And in addition to that, the FTC is also still pursuing its internal court. It does become hard harder to proceed with the uh, in-house case, especially if in the meantime, the deal closes. So it's definitely in the company's best interest to try to close the deal as soon as possible. So the UK's Competition and Markets Authority said it's open to discussing the deal, even though it blocked it a few months ago. Why the U-turn here? So I wouldn't say it's necessarily a full 180. They didn't completely walk back on their decision. You're right. They did block it uh, in April, which caused a lot of concern for both companies. But what happened on Tuesday was that shortly after the decision was handed down in the U.S., the CMA came out with a statement saying that they would be open to considering any new proposals from the companies to actually restructure the deal in a way that would address uh, its own concerns. Uh, And in addition, 
addition to that, they also said that the litigation process in the UK could be frozen while all of this was um, addressed. And this is definitely a sharp shift from their much more aggressive stance back in April. So we should mention that the European Union cleared Microsoft's deal for Activision back in May. Stefania, did yesterday's ruling from the U.S. push the U.K. to change its mind on the deal? Um, So definitely the decision from the U.S. arguably put the U.K. in a a harder position in terms of making their case against uh, the deal. Nothing is certain still, but what we do know for sure is that as of now, there is a deadline of July 18th that the companies had set to finalize the deal. Now, we still do not know for certain if that is set in stone at this point, given everything that is happening from a legal standpoint, if the companies would be ready to shift that. But we also do know that regulators, the companies, the lawyers, they're they're all sort of scrambling to try and get this sorted, ideally by the 18th. So I think that if a decision as stark as this comes, is handed down in the US, then a regulator in the UK would take that on and address it very quickly, also because of the tight time frame that everyone is facing. Stefania Palma is the FT's U.S. legal and enforcement correspondent. Thanks, Stefania. Thank you. U.K. Chancellor Jeremy Hunt ordered ministers to find over £2 billion of savings to fund pay rises for public sector workers this year. Hunt wants to offer a 6% pay bump But the chancellor said right off the bat he won't borrow the money, arguing it would fuel inflation. Some ministers worry that the cuts will come from public services that are already stretched too thin. Hunt is expected to meet tomorrow with Prime Minister Rishi Sunak to agree on a strategy on public sector pay. When Silicon Valley Bank collapsed in March, they left behind a bunch of startup and venture capital clients. Now, big banks are trying to scoop them up. SVB was almost a monopolistic player in this market. That's the FT's Ivan Levingston. He says J.P. Morgan is hiring dozens of bankers around the world to cater to SVB's former clients. But he says that J.P. Morgan isn't the only one trying to get in on the game. HSBC certainly wants to keep the clients uh, that are coming along with SVB, notably HSBC, bought the UK subsidiary of SVB when it needed to be rescued. They're now facing competition from other banks that sense a weakness, sense that the big incumbent player has suddenly gone, and it's a bit of a free-for-all. Ivan says that J.P. Morgan is one of the most aggressive banks when it comes to hiring SVB executives. J.P. Morgan is obviously a giant in the industry uh, in the U.S. and expanding abroad. They are the go-to bankers, you know, for things like arranging initial public offering, a merger and acquisition. They also have extensive uh, commercial banking operations around the globe. And so you have to take them seriously. And, And the hiring, especially for this innovation unit in Europe and Israel, represents them trying to to expand their reach, not just in the U.S., but abroad as well. Ivan Levingston is a deals reporter for the FT. Frances Haugen became a household name when she blew the whistle on Facebook in 2021. While working there, Haugen secretly gathered thousands of pages of internal corporate documents. She says they showed that the company put profit over the well-being of its users. 
I felt mo- motivated in the moment by things like I had watched my coworkers burn out trying to, you know, fight the tide with too little resources. That's Haugen speaking to Michaela Tendera, who hosts our sister podcast, Behind the Money. In today's episode, Haugen talks about what she learned from being a whistleblower and how it changed her life. You know, it's been really interesting in, from the perspective of, like, I spent a lot of my life trying to avoid attention. You know, I'm a data scientist. Like, I was very content, you know, sitting in the corner and playing with a beautiful data set. Uh, but it, it's been really transformative of, like, having to learn how to have a voice, right, or how to show up. Haugen recently published a book on what it means to be a whistleblower. It makes the case for why we need more of them. It's interesting. I've talked to a number of whistleblower lawyers. So there are people who specialize in interfacing between individuals and, say, the SEC. They say that, like, some, something like 75% of the people who come to them now say, I saw what Francis did, yeah. right? It, it was a, enough of a cultural moment. And I hope this book makes it a slightly bigger cultural moment that it made people realize that in a world where more and more of our economy is run by opaque systems, there will be a larger and larger need and an obligation of individuals to bring the truth to the public because that is the only way the the public will get the truth it needs. You can hear the full interview with Haugen in this week's episode of Behind the Money. We have a link to that in the show notes. You can read more on all of these stories at FT.com for free when you click the links in our show notes. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back tomorrow for the latest business news. Hi, this is Matt and Sean from Two Black Guys with good credit from a local business to a global corporation. Partnering with Bank of America gives your operation access to exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Visit bankofamerica.com slash banking for business to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America, N.A., copyright 2024. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project... There's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum.